Good morning. Indeed, he is Lord, Lord of all. In the midst of the calm, he is the Lord of all. In the midst of the storm, he is the Lord of all. We don't always see, we don't always embrace that truth, but indeed, he is the Lord of all. I want to talk actually about a couple storms um, this morning, one that I experienced and one that um, well, we read about in Scripture. When I was four years old, uh, we moved from New York to California, which was great because we had the opportunity to travel across country. It was the first time that I ever saw our country. Um, and uh, as we drove, um, before we left, my dad bought a, a, a camper, one of those old pop-up campers, the Starcraft, right? And uh, so we would drive during the day, and we'd stop at a campsite, and we'd cook out, and it was like this great trip of camping out. And I loved it. I loved every, every time we got to stop at one of those campsites. And a few days into the trip, we were in Nebraska, okay? and uh, we were having dinner outside, as usual, and the sky was an incredible pink and orange. I'd never seen the sky this, that color. It was beautiful, and we we're talking about how beautiful it is. And as the evening went on, though, the, the sky became darker and a little darker, and it started to rain, and so we all went into the camper, the six of us, and the rain came a little harder, and we actually found out that we were in the midst of a tornado warning. And the, the director of the campsite was running around trying to tell everyone, seeing what they needed and so forth. And as the evening went on, the camper just started to sway and move, and the winds were just blowing it back and forth. And I don't know if you've ever thought about um, the equation of tornado plus pop-up camper, um, but the sum of that is not good. Right? And at some point during that evening, I got underneath this little pop-up cabinet that was in there. Four-year-old, and I'll always remember this picture in my head, and, and if I'm honest, I don't know how much of its memory and how much I just remember because as it becomes a, a part of Juan or family lore, but I was under that cabinet, and I was praying that the Lord would save us. I was praying that the Lord would, make it, would ha- allow it so that we would make it through my family. And I, always, and I think that's why my mom always thought that I should be a pastor. Because like when I was four years old, I was under a cabinet in my pajamas praying that the Lord would save us. At that point, she's probably like, okay, he's going to, he, he needs to be a pastor. Um, so I'm under there praying that the Lord would save us. And of course, I'm terrified though. That part, I don't know if she, she calculated when she thought I should be a pastor, but I was terrified. I was four years old and I was so scared. I'll always remember just feeling that, that sense of, of uncertainty. And so eventually, during that night, my dad said, we have to get out of here. Um, because it became clear that it just wasn't safe in that camper. So we were all in our pajamas, and we all made it through this pouring driving rain into the old station wagon, and we went and found a, a Ramada Inn. And so we all, it was hilarious seeing, because we're all soaking wet, walking in our pajamas into the lobby of this Ramada Inn, and we had to smuggle the dog in because there were no pets allowed in the hotel. And I'm pretty sure I'm not supposed to say that in the midst of, like, in a sermon, but we did, okay? So, um, and we were safe. And we went back the next day, and sure enough, our trusty StarCraft pop-up was sort of half popped up and half popped down. 
But we were safe. But I'll always remember that fear. And of course, the reason I feared that night is because storms are chaotic. There's so much in life that's just chaotic. And we, we fear chaos, right? We fear chaos because chaos is unpredictable. We don't know where it's coming. We don't know when it's coming. We don't know where it's going. We don't know how it's going to turn out. And the natural response to chaos is fear. We fear those things that we don't understand. Now, where does this chaos come from? Well, we know this chaos comes because of our sin, right? Not my sin or your sin individually, but humanity's sin. God created this world as a place where his order could be expressed. God created this world as a place where his order could be experienced by us. But when we sinned, we brought chaos into the world and chaos then reigned. And we all experienced that chaos in our life. Chaos. Storms are chaotic. With all our technology, we had a sense of when the recent hurricane was going to hit and make landfall, but we weren't sure where. We weren't sure the path of it. We weren't sure the strength of it, because it's chaos, and we can't predict it. And so we tend to fear it. But there are plenty of other examples of chaos in our lives. Disease is chaos. People who are at the peak of their health get struck with disease. No one saw it coming, and we don't know how it's going to turn out. We have chaos in our workplaces. We have chaos in our home, brokenness. We just don't know how things are going to turn out. Chaos, storms, disease, brokenness, Monday morning, chaos. Getting all the kids ready for school, getting ready for work. Talk about chaos, actually, between services. I had to run my son home because he has work to do, and he was here in the first service, and I had my sermon notes, and I threw them in the car real quickly as I was driving to my house, and when I got back to the church a few minutes before service, I couldn't find my notes. And I'm like, oh, great sermon illustration. Chaos. Our lives are filled with chaos. The question is not, is there going to be chaos in our life or not? The question is, how are we going to respond to the chaos? How are we going to respond to the chaos? And the fact that I asked that question in the first service this morning allowed me just to say, okay, Kirk, be cool. Find your sermon notes. It'll be all right. How do we respond to the chaos? There are basically two ways that we can respond to the chaos in our life, and really only two. We can respond to chaos with fear or with faith. We can respond to chaos with fear or with faith. The natural response is, of course, fear. It is natural for us to fear chaos because we just don't know what's going to happen, and we are afraid of that which we do not know. But through the work of Jesus Christ, we are here today to talk about how can we respond in faith to the chaos. But let's talk a little bit about what that means in terms of responding to the chaos in faith. 
this faith that we're talking about is not the kind of faith where we stand up and look at that disease and say, I know, I know this disease will not take my life. I know I'm going to make it through. It's also not the kind of faith when we look in the eye of the hurricane and say, I know that hurricane's not going to get me. I know I'm going to make it through. Because, of course, we don't. We don't know. We don't know if we're going to, if I, my life, my physical being, my body is going to make it through that disease. I don't know. We don't know if we are going to make it through that storm. So that's not the faith we're talking about. So what then is the faith that we're talking about? The faith we're talking about is a faith where we stand up and we face the chaos and we say... Because of my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, you, chaos, have no hold on me. You, chaos, have no hold on me, and I don't need to fear you anymore. Because I have been set free by the one who has defeated you chaos. The faith we're talking about is the faith in believing that Jesus Christ has done all that is necessary to defeat the chaos of this world. And it doesn't matter what our eyes tell us, and it doesn't matter even what our mind tells us. The Word of God tells us that our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ has defeated the chaos. Therefore, we have been set free. We need not fear. We need not fear the chaos. And think about how that will transform our lives. Think about a life without fear. When we face the chaos, do we sometimes respond in fear? I will speak for myself, and I will answer in the affirmative. Many times, far too often, when I face the chaos, I respond in fear. But this I know. I know that regardless of what the chaos is, Jesus Christ has defeated the chaos, and I don't have to fear. And I pray, Lord, give me faith. Faith, faith not that everything's going to turn out the way that I want it to turn out, but faith that knows that Jesus Christ is victorious, no matter what. Tell me the one thing, the one chaotic thing, the one darkness, the one evil, the one power that Jesus has not overcome. Correct answer. There is none. So we need not fear it. In a moment, we're going to look at Mark chapter 4, and we're going to read about a storm. And this is a storm that Jesus, as we all know, calmed. But before we read this text, I want us a little back, give us a little background. And the background is that in the ancient world, the sea and waters in general represented chaos. Because in the ancient world, the waters were the unknown. 
And so when we read in Scripture, like in Genesis chapter 1, where we read that the Spirit of God hovered above the waters, that is an image of God's sovereignty over chaos. The Spirit of God hovering above the waters in Genesis chapter 1 is a sign that God is sovereign over chaos, over the waters. As we read the text, I want us to think about what is the point of this text? What is the point of Jesus calming the sea? Let's look to the Word of God this morning, Mark chapter 4, starting in verse 35. On that day, when evening had come, he said to them, let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd behind, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was. Other boats were with him. A great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat, so that the boat was already being swamped. But he was in the stern, asleep, on the cushion. And they woke him up and said, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he woke up, and he rebuked the wind, and he said to the sea, Peace, be still. Then the wind ceased, and there was a dead calm. And he said to them, Why are you afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great awe, and they said to one another, Who then is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? May the Lord add his blessing to the reading of his holy word. Amen. What is the point of this text? I knew this text when I was very young, as I'm sure many of you did. It's a great Sunday school text. We probably remember the pictures, the flannel graph of the books of Jesus standing in the boat and calming the sea. But what's the point of this text? Well, as a kid, I think I always had the image of Jesus as superhero, right? And that instead of the citizens of Metropolis or Gotham City, Jesus, superhero, swoops in and saves the disciples in the boat, and he saves the other folks in the other boats. And this is a sign of how powerful Jesus is. And as I got a little older, I think I sort of began to understand that this text is a text that proves that Jesus is God. This text is a text that proves that Jesus is God because he calms the sea. And I'm afraid that there probably have been a fair amount of sermons on this text where the sermon was something along the lines of, just as Jesus calmed the storm on the sea, so also he can calm the storms of your life. And although I appreciate the thought, it's not the point of this text. This text is not about how Jesus is a superhero. This text is not about how even Jesus is God, which he is, of course. But this text does not prove that Jesus is God. If this text, well, let me put it this way. What proves that Jesus is God is that he made the sea. That's what proves Jesus is God. He made the sea. But when Jesus stood up in the boat and told the sea to be calm, it wasn't proof that he was God. It was proof that he was humanity, true humanity. In point of fact, Jesus Christ is the only man, the only person who has ever lived and lived an entire life as true humanity. The point of this text is that Jesus is doing a remarkable thing. 
And this thing that he's doing is far more remarkable than calming the sea in this moment. The point of this text is, and my second point this morning, is that when Jesus calms the sea, it is a sign of Christ reestablishing God's order by restoring humanity's proper relationship. What is Jesus doing when he stands up in the boat and he calms the sea? He is bringing God's order back to earth. What is Jesus doing when he stands up in the boat and calms the sea? He is initiating a new creation. And it is the same thing that he is doing when he heals the sick, when he casts out demons, when he raises the dead, when he chooses to go to the cross, and when he is victorious over death. He is bringing God's order to earth, he is restoring humanity, and he is initiating a new creation. And it is because of that that we can stand in the face of chaos and say, we will not fear. But let's take a step back. In fact, let's take a few steps back because we we have to go all the way back to Genesis. In Genesis, when God creates the world, he gives to humanity a job, a mandate. And that mandate is to rule over creation as God's representatives. Humanity was given the job of ruling over creation as God's representatives. And if we miss that, we'll never see the point of our text this morning. You cannot understand the text this morning if you do not understand Genesis. Humanity was created to rule over creation as God's representatives. Humanity was created to rule over the rest of creation. That's God's order. Humanity and the rest of creation. Humanity was created to rule over uh, creation as God's representatives. Humanity, God. So God, humanity, and the rest of creation. That is God's order. In our sin, what happens? In our sin, God's order is corrupt. The world becomes corrupt. And the evidence of that is our relationships. What happens to our relationships? After sin, God comes to Adam and he tells Adam, you're going to work the land, but how? You're going to work the land with toil. And when God says that, that's a sign that humanity's relationship to creation is broken. Because God's order is that humanity what? have authority over creation. Humanity has authority over creation. So if I want a crop to grow, what do I do? I work and I say grow, and the crop grows. But in, in, in sin, what happens? That relationship what? Gets broken. And so now, when I plant my mums in my front yard, some grow, some don't, and some creatures, come along and stamp on the two in the middle, as it turns out? Because it's chaos. The relationship is broken. 
God comes to Eve and says what? You'll have children, but what? It is in pain that you will bring forth children. That is a sign that humanity's relationship to humanity is what? Broken. And God kicks Adam and Eve out of the garden. Why? Because humanity's relationship to God is broken. What is Jesus doing when he stands up in that boat and tells the sea to be calm? He's not telling us that he's going to calm the storms of our life. He is doing far more than that. It is an eschatological moment where Jesus is reestablishing the order of God on earth. And he's bringing humanity back into proper relationship. Humanity was created to say to the sea, be still and be calm. Because it was given to humanity to rule over creation. Not to fear it. But what do we do? We, of course, fear it. We fear creation because it is filled with chaos. What does Jesus say to his disciples? Why do you fear? Do you still not have faith? There are so many people today who say the reason that you have chaos in your life, the reason you have storms in your life is because you don't have enough faith. That's nonsense. More to the point, it's unbiblical. Our faith does not drive away the storm. Our faith drives away the fear. We have storms in our life. We have chaos in our life. Between services this morning, I spoke to two young men who both have conditions that there are currently no cure for. That's chaos. But when I spoke to these two young men, I saw no fear. I saw faith. Faith in the midst of chaos. Jesus standing up in the boat. When we come to chaos in our life, we're going to respond in one of two ways. Fear or faith. And if we respond in fear, we're going to be agents of the chaos. If we respond in fear, we're going to be agents of the chaos, only spreading the chaos. But if we respond in faith, we're going to be agents of order. God's order. You see, Jesus Christ came into this world and he reestablished the order. But still there's plenty of chaos in the world. Our job, what we have been called to do, are to be agents of Jesus Christ's victory and go into those places of chaos, or when the chaos comes to us, respond in faith and reestablish and make clear Christ's victory, God's order. What does it mean to be an agent of chaos? What does it mean to be an agent of order? Well, in this text, of course, we have examples of both, right? Who are the agents of chaos in this text? The disciples, right? So often in the Gospels, when we read stories and we read about what the disciples, how they react and how they respond, all we can do, of course, is just say, oh, the disciples. 
Bless their hearts. How did the disciples respond in the face of chaos? They responded as agents of chaos. I want to ask three questions about how we respond to chaos to determine whether we are acting as agents of chaos or agents of order. First, how do we respond to the chaos? Two options, right? Fear or faith? How did the disciples respond? They panicked. They were afraid. They were terrified, right? And they went running to Jesus. Wake up, wake up. Do you not care that we're perishing? Fear. When they woke up Jesus, were they waking him up because of their faith? Were they waking up because, Jesus, could you wake up, please, and calm the sea because we're all a little afraid and we know you can calm the sea, so if you would do that now, that would be great. Did the disciples expect Jesus to calm the sea? And the answer is no, and we know that how, because at the end of the text, what? The disciples said what? They were amazed. Who is this one? First question, how do we respond to chaos? Do we respond with faith or do we respond with fear? The disciples responded with fear. Jesus responds with faith, knowing who his heavenly Father is. And oh, by the way, when Jesus stood up in that boat and calmed the sea, he wasn't calming the sea through his own power. He was calming the sea through the power of his heavenly Father that was brought to him through the presence of the Spirit of God. Because Jesus, as a man, stood up in that boat and he just told the sea to be calm. I would say that's faith. How do we respond? Fear or faith? The disciples responded with fear. Jesus responds with faith. Next question. When we face chaos, what do we expect of the Lord? When you face chaos in your life, what do you expect from the Lord? What did the disciples expect? I mean, when we read this text, it's almost comical. It's almost comical because not just the disciples, but because if we don't see ourselves in the disciples, we're not looking. Because when the disciples go to Jesus who's sleeping, they say, wake up, teacher, wake up. Don't you care that we're perishing? How many times when we face chaos in our lives do we cry out to God and say, Wake up! Don't you care that I'm perishing? You must be sleeping because I don't see that you're doing anything. And how many times do we actually not believe that he can or that he will? What did the disciples want from Jesus? They just wanted him to wake up so that he could be aware of how much fear and struggle and pain they were having. And sometimes is not that how we relate to God when we face chaos. We just cry out to God and say, God, just wake up because you're obviously asleep right now. Because if you were doing something, I wouldn't be in the midst of this storm. If we expect that of the Lord, we will be agents of chaos. What does it mean to be an agent of order? What do we expect from the Lord? This is such a powerful question. 
And it's a question that we have probably all struggled and wrestled with, or at least asked. When you are facing chaos in your life, when I am facing chaos in my life, not just Monday morning chaos, but illness chaos, life-threatening chaos, when we face that chaos, what should be our expectations of the Lord? In other words, am I supposed to expect when I receive that diagnosis, when I receive that news, am I ex supposed to expect that the Lord is going to get me through it? Is that what my faith is supposed to tell me? How many of us have wrestled with that question? What am I supposed to expect? But you see, when we ask the question, am I supposed to expect that the Lord is going to get me through this? We're asking the wrong question because we're thinking too small and we're focused on ourselves. When we face chaos in this world and in our lives, if we want to be agents of order, it's not our job to say, am I supposed to expect if the Lord's going to get me through this or not? When we face chaos in our life, what we're supposed to do is stand up and know that Jesus Christ reigns. That is what I expect of my Lord. That is what we expect of our Lord. That my God reigns. And there is no darkness, there is no chaos, there is no evil, there is no disease, there is no brokenness that will ever challenge the sovereignty of our God. That is what we should expect. And if that disease does take my life, if that disease does take my body, then I'm going to stand before my Creator without shame. And I will hear the words, well done, good and faithful servant. And if any of us are here today and we still are not completely convinced that our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ has conquered the chaos, then know that on that day, all those doubts will be gone. If you have accepted the forgiveness of Jesus Christ, and if the Spirit of the Almighty God lives within you, then know that one day you will stand before the Creator of the universe without shame, and there will be no doubt. There will be no doubt. Amen? It's not our job to say, am I going to make it or not? Because regardless of whether I make it or not, Jesus Christ reigns. And I am His. And He is mine. And the chaos has no hold on me. How do we respond to the chaos? Fear or faith? What do we expect of the Lord? And finally, what do we expect of the world? As agents of chaos, how do we look at the world? As agents of chaos, we look at the world as a dark, treacherous, horrible place that's probably just getting worse. And what do we do? We try to avoid it. Right? We look at the world and it looks so dark and it looks so terrifying 
and we judge it and we condemn it and we speak poorly of it and we talk about those people and the world. As agents of chaos, how do we look? How do we relate to the world? The answer is fear. And this I know. We will never love that which we fear. We can't do it. You cannot love that which you fear. And this I know also. My risen Savior, Jesus Christ, has called his church to love the world. And if we're going to love the world, we cannot fear it. How do we respond to the chaos, fear or faith? What do we expect of the Lord? And how do we look at the world? Jesus Christ has brought the order of God to this earth and reestablished it, and he has restored humanity. And we, the body of Jesus Christ, must understand our relationship and our responsibility to the world. Our responsibility as Christians is not to cower in front of the world, not to hide from the world, not to avoid the world, not to condemn the world, not to judge the world, but to bring the transforming life of Jesus Christ to the world. And we'll never do that if we fear it. Because we cannot love that which we fear. We have been set free of the fear. Because Jesus Christ has conquered the chaos. And because Jesus Christ has conquered the chaos, we need not fear. And because we need not fear, now we can love. Are we agents of chaos or agents of order? We will be one or the other. We cannot love that which we fear, so we must experience the freedom that Jesus Christ gives us to be free of the fear. Fear is so old creation. Fear is so yesterday. Fear is so pre-resurrection. We have no time for fear. We've got too much work to do. And that work is all about standing in the face of chaos, standing up in faith and proclaiming in word and in deed and in everything we are that our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ has conquered the chaos and he is seated at the right hand of Father on high and he reigns. He has calmed the sea, yes, but he has done so much more. He has reestablished God's order on this earth. What are we doing about it? Are we acting as agents of that order, bringing that order to bear in all that we do? What does it look like when we face chaos? Hurricane, just recently, and we've all seen the tragic pictures and heard the tragic news, and maybe some of us were in the areas that were hit. Well, in the face of the chaos of a hurricane, Again, it's not a matter of saying, well, those people don't have enough faith. This is unbiblical. In the face of the chaos of a hurricane, how do we respond? We respond with God's order. 
And the relationship of humanity to humanity is love. That's God's order. So when we are hit by a hurricane or our neighbors are hit by a hurricane, respond in love. And when we respond in love, we will push back through the power of Jesus Christ. We'll push back the chaos. And we'll make it clear that our Lord reigns, even in the midst of a hurricane. And when that loved one receives that diagnosis, how do we respond to that chaos? We love. And we love, and we love, and we push back the chaos. And we proclaim that our Lord reigns. And we will fear not. Will we respond in faith or in fear? Our youth are going on a mission trip. We just heard about it this morning. They're going to a place that is impoverished. Poverty is an example of chaos. Poverty exists because humanity sinned and brought chaos into this world. We need to pray for our youth as they go because they are agents of God's order, bringing Christ's victory. And in the midst of poverty, bring love. In the midst of chaos, bring order and bring the kingdom. My final point this morning is that when we respond to chaos, when we respond to the chaos of this world with faith, we make present the kingdom of God. I will never, I will never get over the remarkable truth that the creator of the universe has chosen me to be an agent of his kingdom. And if there is ever a moment in your life when you are not sure of just how incredible the grace and love of God is, know this, that if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, the creator of this universe has called you to be an agent of his kingdom. And I shudder when I think of that because I know how unworthy I am of that. But I celebrate when I hear that because I know I have been made worthy by the blood of Jesus Christ. At the end of this text, there are two things that are said, one by the disciples and one by Jesus. After Jesus calms the storm, he looks at the disciples and what does he say to them? Why are you afraid? Do you still not, what, have faith? When we face chaos in this world, and we will, we can certainly pray for healing and we're called to pray for healing, but we're called to pray that the Lord's will be done. And it is his will that his order and his kingdom be made real on this earth. That is his will. It is the will of God that his kingdom come and his will be done. And when we face chaos, we have the opportunity to do God's will. And what we do is we stand up in the face of that chaos, knowing that that chaos has no grip on us, and we do not fear. And the Lord is honored and the Lord is glorified, and his kingdom is made present. The other thing, the other saying is by the disciples, and the disciples 
sort of get the last word in this one. And they say, who is this one? That even the wind and the seas obey him. And the remarkable answer to that question is, he is the man you all were made to be. Jesus is asking, guys, why don't you get it? Don't you realize, you, humanity, you were made to have dominion over creation. You were made to stand up in a boat and tell the sea to be still. That's who God made us to be. And we, the church of Jesus Christ, we are true humanity in this world. And we have authority. We have the authority of the victory of Jesus Christ. So why do we fear? Why do I fear? Between services, I spoke to a member of this church, and she graciously told me how these words this morning allowed her to understand some of the storm, the chaos that we experience, even the chaos of death. In the face of death, the death of a loved one, can we in faith stand up and say, I fear not? Because no matter what chaos I experience, I know my Lord reigns. And I will not fear. Do that. Do that. And know that you have brought the eternal kingdom of God present in that space. That is the authority we have through Jesus Christ and his victory. Amen. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day, a day that you have given to us, that indeed we might experience the victory of your Son, Jesus Christ. For we know that we will experience chaos in our lives. We know that we experience chaos in our lives even today. But we know that your Son, through his death and resurrection, through his calming of the storm, through his casting out of the demons, through all that he has done, he is victorious over the chaos. And so we pray that your spirit continue to transform us, that we would never be a people of fear, that we will be what we have been made to be, and that is a people of faith who go forward boldly proclaiming your word and bringing your kingdom to every corner of this world. We pray these things in Jesus Christ's name. Amen.